This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Hello, this is Scott Wells for the MagicWordPodcast.com. This week's episode was actually recorded earlier this year in 2023 when I was in Columbus, Ohio for the Magi Fest. It was a little bit cold and snowy then, and my guest I had talked with was Kyle Purnell, who you will hear this week on this episode. But as I am recording this, I am actually out of town. Uh, out of my normal domicile, and I had uh, just this last week, you had heard the episodes that I had recorded from the floor of the convention for the Winter Carnival in uh, Pigeon Forge, which was a lot of fun. And this week, I am actually out in Hollywood, California at the Magic Castle, where I'm having just a great time performing in the parlor. So obviously, uh, you could imagine uh, while I'm out here, there will be some upcoming episodes featuring some uh, of the uh, friends and guests who will be on upcoming episodes. Just uh, it's a, a wealth of magicians out here and people that you would like to hear on the podcast. And so I'm trying to get to as many as I can here uh, while I'm here this week. But uh, this one that you're hearing this week is one that I wanted you to hear because it has been kind of sitting here percolating for a little while. And I will be presenting another one who was another performer that was an part of the talent that was at the Magi Fest from earlier this year also. Anyhow, that's coming up next week, but this week we're going to be having a uh, a therapy session, if you will, with uh, Kyle Purnell. And I say that, and that's why I've entitled this particular episode On the Couch, because about halfway into our conversation, we get into a little bit of detail about some emotional and mental issues and some things that, uh, that some people encounter. And if you are one of the people who uh, happen to have have uh, obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD or perhaps ADD or something like that. Perhaps this might be uh, something that would be of interest to you uh, to hear a little bit about someone else's uh, struggle with that and how he had it diagnosed and how he is handling that and how he also has been using this to good means. That is, he uh, hasn't let it harm his uh, creative muscle, if you will. Uh, In fact, in a way, it's kind of been an advantage for him to actually have this compulsion where he just can't put something down. He has to to work with it all the way through and come up with an idea and then another idea, then another idea. But anyhow, a lot of this we're going to be talking about as well. And if you have anybody in your family who might have this type of uh, disorder, you might have a little bit better understanding after you've heard this episode about kind of what this is all about. Well, I'm no doctor, but I play one on TV. No, (laughs) I'm But I do want to introduce uh, my guest this week, who is going to talk about uh, his creativity and some of the ideas that he's had, and also when he had gone on Penn and Teller Foolis and some of the other things that he's done. He's got a Penguin lecture. He's got an at-the-table lecture from Murphy's, and has, uh, I think, at the at the start of a promising career. He is a young man and uh, has another full-time job as a teacher. Yeah, he's going to talk a lot about all that. But I just kind of want you to know up front kind of what's going to be a summary of what you'll be hearing a little bit here in this particular episode. And so I know you're going to enjoy it. So please welcome my guest this week, Mr. Kyle Purnell, here on The Magic Word. Today we are with uh, Kyle Purnell, who is a young man who has such a bright future, and he's had a bright past as well, because he's a bright lad. Here we go. So he is someone who perhaps you may have seen on Penn and Teller Foolis. You may have seen him on some other kinds of shows. Uh, As we speak right now, he is actually about to be broadcast on the Penn and Teller Fools show, but by the time that you would hear this uh, in the future, this will have come and gone, and there will have been other opportunities of you, for you perhaps to see him as well, because uh, hopefully he'll be every place. We are recording this now while
while we are at the Magi Fest in uh, early January or mid-January, I guess, in Columbus, Ohio, where it's snowy outside. But the point is, I really wanted to talk with Kyle. I've known him for a short time, probably two years or so, and I feel like I he's just a, a son from another mother. You know, he's just, <laughs> he is such a, a kind and loving spirit. And but uh, as far as magic goes, and why I think you should know him, uh, dear listeners, because he has such a creative mind and has so many cool ideas out already. And I know that with the world being his oyster and his creativity knows no bounds. So I would highly recommend that if you see or hit an opportunity to buy something that he has created, grab it because it's something that is commercial and a lot of times improvisational, impromptu. Uh, so you'll love it. I've gone on enough. Let me introduce my guest right here. Here he is, Kyle Perno. Hey there, Kyle. Hey, Scott. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. So good to have you over here to uh, chat uh, for a while. And I appreciate your time. And you have had just a, a lot of different ideas that you've been developing over a period of time. Now, you're only at this point, what, 24? Five? No, 32. 32. Okay, you look like such a young fella. Really? (laughs) Oh, that's because the hat's covering up the receding hairline. (laughs) And I wear black so you can't see my dad bod. (laughs) Well, you get older. (laughs) And you're more like, ho, 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 me. So, uh, but you have been uh, developing things, I assume, since you probably were in high school. Uh, Yeah, it was, when I first got the magic bug, it was almost at the exact same time I found out that, you know, people can create magic tricks. Mm -hmm. And it was just... That was even more enchanting to me that someone can use their brain to come up with a method, like a new method to um, to fool someone else. And yeah. how how satisfying that that must feel. This is what I was thinking back then. How satisfying must it feel to like fool somebody with your own trick? Uh-huh. Um, so then, uh, yeah, I started uh, trying to create stuff, and I sucked. I was awful. Of course I was, right? That's why we all start. <laughs> right, yeah. Some of us never go beyond that. <laughs> and I say us, including myself. Oh, but, <laughs> but it was um, yeah, it was quite the journey, but it was one of those things that, yeah, I sucked, but I refused to believe that. And uh, so now I'm finally getting to the point where I might actually be as good as I think I am. <laughs> Well, you're never going to have success without experienced failures, and you can't be discouraged by those failures. They should actually embolden you to create something different. It's like, oh, well, that didn't work, so you know it doesn't. I mean, it's just like Edison and many other inventors that they, okay, we had these thousand that didn't work, but the next one might. Right, right, right. Do you find that to be the case whenever you're coming across some idea? I mean, do you put that aside, or do you keep working on it? No, I don't think any trick is... uh, is, is well is never it's never finished yeah. right yeah you know, uh it's a good uh good recall there um <laughs> but it was also uh, but i also don't believe anything is beyond reproach either so like even if you have like a little tiny uh idea that it's not workable uh i i always come back to it um mm-hmm. not structured not intentionally just um i always have it i mean I, I'm not type A, right? I don't have uh, any good organizational system at all. Um, I lose things. Everything. I mean, like my life is literally a mess. So you're and, a regular guy. So I'm a regular guy. <laughs> and, not OCD or any kind of issue. Uh, actually, or? I was diagnosed with OCD in 2020, okay. huh. um, and uh, we, we we can talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, that's one of those things because if. On the outside looking in, I don't look like the poster boy for OCD. No. Uh, my socks rarely match. Um, <laughs> my car is an absolute disaster. Um, but yeah, I have OCD, and it was uh, it was very difficult. But to get back to your original point, um, it was one of those uh, things where you I don't keep like a journal, and I, I don't keep uh, a, a notepad. I've tried, but my brain just doesn't work that way, and I just keep a log of things in my head. Really? Yeah. So it's all up there, and it's, eventually it'll come out like at night. You yeah, dream of something. Someone or? yeah. I mean, I always think of ideas like right before I go to sleep, um, and then I'll uh, think of something old that wasn't finished, and uh, and then go back to it with kind of a fresh mind and um, and look at it. Uh, in kind of a different lens, and then often it it happens the second or third time around. Do you pick up something and say, I can do something with this, or are you struck by something when you're walking through a hardware store? Or um, Yeah, well, you know what? So I, I know, this is not my uh, structure at all, but um, Spidey uh, yeah. said— He's got a lot of stuff on YouTube. Man. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. And at one of his lectures, he talked— about how you can frame different kinds of 
methods of creating. You can have uh, prop-based creators, you can have effect-based creators, you can have method-based creators, and you can have presentation-based creators. Um, and and th th these are all his examples. He said like Jay Sankey is a uh, a method based creator. He learns mm -hmm. one method and then he applies it to like a thousand different things. That's true. That's right? your point. Yeah. And um, then it, again, this this is his. Uh, but he said like Kalen Morelli uh, is a prop based creator. Like he looks at a fork and he says, hmm, "What are twelve things that I can do with this fork?" Mm -hmm. Right. Um, for me, I I don't know if I fit into any one of those cleanly, but. I would call myself like an image-based creator. So, like, I'll, I'll have an image of something, not necessarily even an effect, um, but like an image in my head. Like, for example, like there's one that I still haven't worked out yet, but I have this this image of a of uh, a mental packet trick with just four blank cards, and I I don't know what the effect is. I just know I want something with that. I don't know what the effect is. I don't know what the method is, but I love the the idea of just bringing out four blank cards mm -hmm. and something mental will happen with it. So, like, I, I get that image with it, and then I just kind of uh, marinate on that uh, until something might happen. It still hasn't happened yet, so... Um, so may, maybe this time next year I'll have, a, <laughs> have something with that. Uh, sweet, so would yeah. they be like when you're thinking of that four blank cards that you would show to somebody to begin with, or that wouldn't be until the end well, when you reveal four blank yeah, cards? Yeah, well, and, and, that, that's, and the that's the thing. thing. We, we don't know. You just know that's going to be part of the prop. My, yeah, that, that, that's going to be part, part of the prop, and I, I believe that there's going to be something written on the cards. Gotcha. Um, at the end. So it could be a magical printing. It might be that I only show like one side of the cards, and then when I show the other side, it was like there the whole time kind of mm -hmm. thing, and it might reveal like one a nine nine four, and it's a named year or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a method for that yet because uh, that'd be a sick trick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but that that's kind of where I am. Like I'm, I'm not purely prop based or purely effect based or purely method based, but more of like an image or an aesthetic that I want to, to bring across. Mm -hmm. uh, like for like light, light year, I just, I love the idea of just a lot of holes in a bunch of cards. Explain that uh, light year. I was about to come up with that. And, yeah. And, and since that will have already been broadcast, you can explain what the effect is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, light year is, you have eight acrylic tiles and they all have random patterns of holes in and them. And the acrylic tiles are the size of a uh, poker size. About, about yeah, they're slight, they're slightly bigger, but yeah, yeah. about that. And, uh, a number is either uh, written down or just overtly named, and when you line up uh, the tiles with apparently doing uh, nothing, um, they the line the holes line up and they align to make the exact number that was named. Okay. Um, and you can see it through the light. And you can project it on a wall. You can uh, shine light through the phone. Um, really, what whatever you'd like to do. Um, so like things have been done with holes and reveals before, but uh, I believe this is the first like comprehensive system that's been built in that you can make pretty much any number, uh, any two digit number under a hundred. Wow, under a hundred. Mm -hmm. Wow, two digit. That that is amazing. Now, were you influenced by inventing for inventing that trick, perhaps by like when you were a kid of having like a light constellation on your ceiling or something, or what came? No, that? not really. No, I was uh, mostly inspired by two things for that. Uh, I was inspired by there's that stellar card clip um, that it, it's like a card clip for your deck of cards, yeah. but it has a bunch of holes in it. Cut and out. when you shine light through it, uh, it looks like a starry night sky. And then when you, I, there's some me mechanism, I suppose, or maybe you do it at a different angle. I, I don't even have the trick, to be honest with you, but it reveals a forced card. Okay. Um, which is cool, but, you know, you, you can't really repeat it. Yeah, right? it's just one. It's just one thing. Um and the other thing I was inspired by, there's an old Jay Sankey trick uh, called, hold on, the Pulp Fiction deck. Okay. Um, it's not one of his more popular ones, but it it was really interesting. It And his was a deck of cards, and they all have just like these weird shapes cut out of them. It's just like, like this wacky deck of cards. And a card is uh, selected. Actually, two cards are selected. And then when the cards are uh, squared up, uh, all the shapes go through together to make the shape of the card. Oh, okay. Uh, or, you know, so if it's the ace of hearts, it makes one big heart in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, and it goes all, all the way through, and then there's like a two of diamonds. But again, it's two force cards. Um, doesn't take away from it. That's still a crazy effect. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, but I think those, and th those weren't necessarily intentional um, 
inspirations. I think they were just kind of subconsciously floating around in my head. And then looking back on it, I can say, oh, yeah, that was definitely an inspiration. That Mm -hmm. was an inspiration, too. Um, But, yeah, both those together. And I thought it's – I really um, value in making a method. I really value – uh, no wasted movements or space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like for example, uh, I don't like fake writing something. Like right? so, like if I have something written on a business card and it's pre-written, so just so I don't have to write something, and I'm just pretending to write, that's that's wasted motion okay. to me, right? So, if, so if I'm going to write something, and but it's already written because I'm going to force it or something. Um, well, why don't I? actually write something else okay something i couldn't have known like the person's name if i just met them right mm-hmm. and then then you can switch it out and you know do do whatever you want there but i don't want any wasted motion so um and uh i forget where i was going with that actually um we were talking about something prior to that well you were talking about the the development of that yeah which you took a couple of different tricks and put them yeah together yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so with thank you um so with um so with jay jay sankey's trick mm-hmm. um it just seemed like there was a lot of opportunity there because all these cards have different holes. Well, they weren't holes, but they're just like weird shapes. Like lines and things like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was a great trick. I'm like, okay, but like, if you're going to put all these in here anyway, what if we had more intention in them? Like, because like all the other holes are just kind of red herrings. They don't mean anything. They're random holes. They're just they're random holes. On a, but, on a card, right? But what if we can make a system where every single hole is intentional? It's planned. It's meticulous. It's calculated. Uh-huh. And then if that's the case, then we could actually make a comprehensive system to uh, make that happen. You probably could make a version with playing cards, but uh, but then I realized well, numbers are interesting because. I always like to wring that magic sponge, right? Okay. So, like, try to get as much effect out of as much little method as possible. I love that analogy and that visual of wring that magic sponge. Yeah. 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 And you just squeeze it out as much as you can. So, yeah. like, if you think of a two-digit number, it seems – I'm not going to give anything away here, but, like, conceptually, if you if you think about it, there are – it seems like you would have to put in, like, a hundred different perm- permutations to get mm-hmm. everything else. But – Really, a two-digit number is made up of two one-digit numbers, and That's there's true. really only uh, 10, 10 things right. yeah. that you can do with one digit and 10 things for the other digit. So if yeah. you have them in 20. two different piles, yeah. you're you're really uh, min- minimizing what you have to do to create the illusion that it can make any number un- under 100. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So that's that's kind of what I mean here, because like, yeah, you probably could build more into the system and, you know, make it uh, so you can make a three digit number. You can make uh, it with only one pile, uh, but that would be a lot more to think about in the system Mm -hmm. and you would have to it would be a lot harder to learn. And this is just very simple and it and the effect goes across the same way, but it's a lot uh, more direct and a lot less method. Right, and with this uh, light force, that's something that you have commercially available then too. Or? Light year, light year, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's commercially available. Uh, you mm-hmm. can buy it at uh, a, a lot of different dealers, but it's produced through Penguin. Was it uh, available before you had filmed Penn and Teller? No, uh, we filmed it uh, in May, and it came out in September. the The product came out in September. So, okay. so when I filmed it, no one really knew about it. They hadn't seen it. Yeah, unless they perhaps had. Like I think I saw you do that at uh, tricks. Uh, at tricks. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. So like, yeah, just so, for a few people. Yeah, yeah. If if you saw me at a convention, you you might have seen me do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Teller wasn't hanging out there. So. Uh, te- <laughs> well, I mean, probably. I mean, I didn't hear him at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Well, now that uh, and so leading up to that, what about how did you get on there? As far as did you submit several ideas yeah. or talk to Mike Lewis? Or I've I've been trying to get on that show for years. Have you? Yeah, and it's one of those things where on the on the micro level, I'm, I'm doing things that are different than a lot of other magicians. But on a macro level, I'm a, I'm a white guy doing card tricks, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> which is pretty standard, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a lot of uh, what makes up our demographic, right? Right. And um, so it was hard for me to stand out. Um, and so I just uh, so I needed to really rely on uh, something really unique that I knew they haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I pitched Lightyear to them because I know they haven't seen it before. And and they actually gave, came back to me and they said, um, 
so like do do these cards exist like on the market and you just made a an effect with them mm-hmm. uh you know like so like maybe it's just like a puzzle stack of cards right. that, that you framed as a magic trick and i i, I had to tell them that no but, like we i designed them from the ground up to to submit to you guys yeah um and uh, i think that was the turning point they said oh well maybe this is something special and we should have you on uh, right. And uh, how, how many cards are in this deck? Uh, it's like eight. Eight, eight cards altogether. Mm-hmm. So they're just like four and four or whatever. Four and four, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so since this will have already aired, yeah. did you fool them? I did not f- get a trophy, at least. Did not get a trophy? Uh, <laughs> um, it was all... A- rush it was all you know a whirlwind so i could be misremembering so forgive me so by the time everybody's (laughs) listening to this uh this might not actually be the case i might be misremembering but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that they said that i fooled one of them Hmm. okay i fooled fooled one of them just not as a duo as okay one kind of figured out the yeah 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 yeah. so you know at at the very least that's going to give me some good uh a good clickbait uh, thumbnail that's true and some uh, some cred i think <laughs> yeah. you know as well is that something that you were using as a launch pad where you want to yeah. perhaps uh book some other conventions you have some other Absolutely. shows or thinking perhaps on the corporate market i'm now exposed to a wider audience or what, uh, what was your really motivation? all yeah my i plan on going full-time in the next year and a half or so you're uh, currently doing what i'm a speech therapist in a school okay and uh i I'm planning on going full time in the next year and a half, um, and one of my goals was to get a national TV exposure, so mm-hmm. that that way that um, it, it'll be uh, easier to get gigs and you know put up that on my promotional material right. and um, just hopefully be more desirable as a right. as an entity. And hopefully there's some other things that might come about. Absolutely. Master's Illusions, some other things yeah, we'll yeah. talk about Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down the road that will uh, happen and put you more in the public spotlight. Sure. I assume that you have, like many of us, been called by AGT to come. Have Once. you thought about yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have thought about it. I'm not no. 100% against it, but um, I just know that um, a show like you know, Master's of Illusion or, or uh, Penn and Teller um, they treat magic with they respect. They treat magic with respect, and they want magic to look good. Correct. Um, and AGT wants good television, whatever Big that difference, means. Isn't it? Whatever that means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want me or what I do, or really any magician, to be seen in a negative light mm-hmm. uh, just because it makes compelling TV. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. Now, the type of magic, though, you do seems to be close-up and improvisational, as I said, an impromptu where you can do something at the bar. I mean, right. the, the dollar bill tricks and things you teach, <laughs> yeah. they're things that are just kind of lying around, and that's yeah. what I like. And, and I and I and going back to Penn and Teller and Poolis for a minute, as I understand it, I remember Mike Close talking about how that they really are trying to get away from card tricks because everybody's bringing them card tricks, yeah. but they're, uh, they still have like about – Two thirds, or rather a third, of their tricks that people present or they show on yeah. television are still card tricks. They're looking for something a little bit different, like right? This. That's why I thought the dollar bill might be kind of a little bit interesting. Yeah, well, well I, I I submitted that too um, a few years ago. Okay, um, and I I didn't hear back from them uh, mm-hmm. that that year, and if you know, it could have just fell through the cracks. Um, it's uh, it's one of the things that I, I probably will submit uh, to other shows in yeah, the future. Sure. Yeah. Um, but as it's one of those things, I guess we're kind of like retrofitting, right? So like mm-hmm. it's an effect that exists, and yeah, it might be okay for TV, but uh, there's probably a better way to do that method that's designed for TV. Um, now, if uh, if a producer likes it and says no, we want this, then absolutely, right. I'd be hap- yeah. I'd be happy to do it though. I guess ultimately, what I'm trying to get to is, as a young person and trying to make a career of this, yeah. uh, there are a lot of other young people who. Do close-up magic, and yeah. I think because the the uh, entry level, I should say, the uh, uh, money that is required is a lot less than having to buy big illusions and train assistants Absolutely. and travel and yeah. back and all that. So yeah. it's easier. However, uh, aside from trade shows, uh, hospitality suites, uh, cocktail parties, strolling, restaurant magic, what specific type of audience or yeah. venue or 
you, what, uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking to do more conventions, of course. Um, magic conventions, yep, in particular. Okay. Magic conventions. Uh, I I I really do love performing for magicians, and I know that might not be a popular opinion, but uh, <laughs> I I really do love performing for magicians because magicians have magic etiquette as spectators, hmm. like. A magician's never going to be difficult. Un- unless- they don't intentionally bust you. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to say, "No way, it's in the other hand." You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, they know it's in the other hand, but they'll appreciate how sure. well you did the move, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, I love performing for li- for lay people as well, um, but there's something I really really nice about performing for magicians and knowing that they will appreciate it in a different uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Than uh, than a lay audience might, um, but I also uh, am hoping to break into like the wet the wedding cocktail hour sector. Yeah, um, because where I am in like central Pennsylvania, uh, there's there's not a lot of that. Um, I mean, it's huge over in the UK, but uh, right. Uh, where we are, there's really not. But I think there is a need. I think as far as events go, I think weddings need magicians more than any other event because they are really it's a unique. Uh, it's a unique service we provide because we are uh, we are close up and intimate, providing a and we're there for a purpose. We're providing a service of getting people to talk during an awkward time where the bridal party is usually away. Everyone's getting hungry. A lot of people don't know each other because they're only here because their spouse is here, but their spouse is in the wedding party, and right. um, and so it's an actually an important it's an important purpose that. You know, a strolling magician serves to get people to talk, to get people to uh, have time pass quicker until the meal starts, uh, and and that you know, and I feel like that's what I want because I I, I really you know, it's not just about doing tricks; it's about uh, really still being an important part of an event. And I think, in addition to being the entertainment, which is important in its own right, uh, it actually serves a, a separate purpose. I wish you the best of luck, and I hope you're the guy who breaks through that market because. Uh, that's absolutely everything you said is correct because uh, what magicians can do during that time, you have two different families. You have disparate parties, basically, of different ages yeah. from grandma to infancy, basically, uh, quite literally. And so when you're going from table to table, magic is a great icebreaker and conversation starter and something that people talk about during that time when it is kind of awkward in between before while they're taking pictures or whatever. So you got a little period of time sure. over there. But the issue is that uh, I have found is uh, most uh, – brides in America have all their lives as a child been called, hey, princess, and well, now they're the queen for a day. And right. everything is all about them, the dress, the hair, the makeup. I mean, as far as a guy, it's like, hey, I'll show up and I'll be there. I'll go red sure, and top, sure, you sure. Know? But the, the woman buys a dress and does all this, you know, right, and right, so right. it's all about her. And the point is that if a magician is so good, they don't want somebody to say, man, that was a great part of that magician was fantastic, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to saying, sure. didn't she look beautiful? Wasn't her dress, you know, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, it's hard to try to minimize yourself, and that's why I always, whenever I occasionally do these things, and I put push hard to, to do this. I was even in the uh, New York Times. They were talking about alternate types of entertainment, yeah. not just DJs, but right. other kinds of things. And they had contacted me mm. to talk about uh, an alternate type of entertainment because they found my website mm. that I was trying to push and still am t- yeah. with weddings. Yeah. I haven't done maybe a dozen in my life and I push hard. Yeah. And I've what I've gotten, I've even been ordained so I can marry people and then afterwards yeah. say, hey, I can stick around and you know entertain you as well. I also, <laughs> that well, I, I ordained my um my uh, sister's uh, wedding this uh-huh. summer. I mean, <laughs> officiated I, there, yeah. Officiated, yeah, yes, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> officiated, yeah. You're you, efficient. Yeah, you can tell that I'm I'm very highly trained <laughs> in this area. Um, yeah. yeah, no, they they just said here, just fill out this form, and I'm like, and now you're ordained. I'm like, this feels skeezy, but okay. Reverend Purnell. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> well, yeah, with that, you can buy whatever. You can even buy a saint. You could buy yourself as a pope. I think yeah. <laughs> there are different kinds yeah, of things. That's crazy. But how do you expect to break into that mark you know i agree with you 100 percent as far as how big it is that is huge over in the uk yeah Uh, but likewise restaurants is big over here but it's not over there right yeah i think that it's about uh the material uh that you uh present um and you know make making it about uh you know make making it about bringing people together in connection and uh with the bride and groom make it specifically about the bride and specifically mm-hmm. about the groom or sorry the bride m- more about the bride yeah Correct. and um and that's uh, you know and make it personalized like do do the extra work 
beforehand to, you know, gimmick up a photo or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or or something like that where it's and it's really going to show that it is about them and it's not about. I've done uh, that, you know, like with yeah. uh, uh, the torn two pieces yeah. kind of a thing with the picture of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Signs they got to keep it, or of course the the anniversary waltz uh, trick yeah. is perfect. I mean, all kinds of things, you know. Yeah, it, and you know, it and it might it might not uh, go as well as I'm hoping, but um, but I really. Th- there's a market there. There's a market, and, ob- and obviously, I'm gonna uh, start doing like wedding shows, and I've done those. Yeah, <laughs> and and they come over and love you. It's like let me see this, you know, because they have other people there have cakes, and you're tasting yeah. their cakes, and photographers or DJs or whatever yeah. at these wedding planning uh, seminars, and they come and watch the magic, and I pass out the cards, and it's kind of I don't know. I just haven't had success any yeah. way I've tried, but I w- that's why I say you may be the guy to break. This. Maybe it's possible. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage. I'm trying to encourage you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I've tried this; hadn't worked for me in yeah. my area, but hopefully it will. <laughs> I'm, you know, here's hoping. I, I think I think that can be a good market, and I Absolutely. think a lot of weddings need it. Well, it's like uh, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. Now there, they do pay a lot because yeah. they're paying a lot for that child for that one special right. time of their life, right. uh, and that's very important to them. So uh, that's a big market, obviously. Right. Sure. In some place like in New York City, I understand that there are a lot of people who do all those in other parts of the country. Well, I've done my share just in Houston area as well. It's just an expanded birthday party. It's, it's a lot bigger, right. but they pay a whole lot more, yeah. uh, and, and weddings do as well because they put aside thousands of dollars for whatever. Right. So, it's a good market, I think. Sure. Yeah. yeah tap into. I'm sorry, we kind of got twisted off, but I really wanted to go into some detail about that because I think that that is a great potential market, and I hope that uh, it opens up in the U.S. so it be open for, for more people. Absolutely. I wanted to, to circle back what you had said about uh, OCD for just a moment. Yeah, sure. You said you were diagnosed just two years ago, and here you are at uh, 37, yeah. and you had Almost, not been. You, yeah. Did you think that earlier, or what? No, it was. Uh, I didn't know what, what it was. Um, I'll, so I. Um, had a lot of uh, invasive thoughts, um, which I suppose we all do to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people, from my understanding, I'm, I'm not most people, so I don't know for sure. But I imagine <laughs> most people, uh, you know, you know, they they get a uh, intrusive thought or invasive face of thought that they don't want to think. And most people are probably like, "Huh, you shouldn't be there. Get out of here." And then they can. Um, I couldn't do that, mm. and I would get the thought in my head, and I would ruminate, and I would obsess on it. And I would start believing that I was this monster, this horrible person for even entertaining this thought oh, in my head. Mm. Um, and I couldn't shake it. And so, I mean, and, and basically the game was, my brain was saying, okay, what is the worst thing that I can think that Kyle is? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I'm going to convince him that that's true. Wow. And... Um, it was it was hell, and uh, it affected uh, my life at home, affected my marriage, it affected uh, my hygiene, um, and it was it was really really bad. How uh, old were you at the time? Uh, yeah, just a few years ago. So I'm 32 now. Um, so I was almost 30. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, because it was almost three years ago, um, and it was. Uh, I finally was able to get on a list to go see a psychiatrist. Um, at first, I, I just thought it was anxiety, but um, I'm like, I hear a lot of other people with anxiety talk about it, and like, this is still weird. Like, even for anxiety, it's still weird. Like, like no one's talking about this, and I had no idea what what it was. And uh, I finally uh, got to talk to a psychiatrist, and he gave me a full evaluation and. Hmm. Um, and he was very certain that uh, by what I was describing, uh, that it was OCD. And I'm, and I'm like, Doc, you don't know what you're talking about. OCD is when you like you wash your hands right. all the time and <laughs> check to see if the oven's on, and uh, you know, you square up pictures on the wall. Exactly. <laughs> like I don't do that. Like you don't know me. Like I, my, my socks never match. You know, my car's a disaster. Um, I have no organizational system at all. I can't have OCD. And he said, Well, let me tell you. Uh, OCD is made up of uh, obsessions and compulsions, uh, and you can kind of think of it like obsessions is kind of the cause, and the compulsions is the effect. Oh, um, that's so, what OCD uh, yeah. stands for. Yeah, yeah, obsessive and compulsive disorder, mm-hmm. right? And um, I, I thought it was just like, oh, it could be obsessions, it could be compulsions, whatever that is. No, but like apparently, um, and it makes total sense now. Obsessions 
are, are those thoughts that come in your head? Now, it can be a whole gamut of things, but obsessions can come in your head, uh, and, um, and you can't shake it. You can't stop thinking about whatever it is. Um, so, like, for example, like, uh, the obsession might be, did I leave the stove on? Did I leave the stove on? Did I leave the stove on? Did I, leave the stove on? Did I, leave? I feel like I left the stove on. Um, and the compulsion would be, you have to go check every five minutes. I understand that. Two minutes, right? Um, that that's not me. I I don't care. I assume it's off. Uh, you know, uh, and so they, they it manifest like my OCD is not like the trope uh, that people hmm. think of when it comes to OCD. Yeah, like the TV show Monk. Yeah, Monk, and I, we were just talking about Monk. Actually, I love Monk. It's like probably my favorite show of all time, <laughs> and. Um, I absolutely relate to him in a lot of ways hmm. uh, because, like, he's pretty dysfunctional outside of the one thing he's really good at. That's true. The way and, he walks down the street, has to touch the, yeah, you know, the yeah. parking meters and everything. Like, out, <laughs> outside of being a detective, he's, like, completely dysfunctional. But yeah. when he's being a detective, he's, like, one of the best, mm-hmm. right? Focused. Yeah, and, and, and that's where he shines. And, you know, my, my life, there's many, many things I'm not good at. But when, when I come, you know, to Magi Fest, I'm, I'm, I'm with my people and I'm, I'm doing, I'm in my element. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is where I, I thrive. Um, and it's, it's that same kind of, same kind of thing. So I, I do relate to him in that capacity. But, um, you know, those, the, the specific obsessions and compulsions that are dictated in that, sh- are depicted in that show um, are not me. For for me, it's really just obsessive, invasive thoughts, and um, and then I started realizing, oh, I do have compulsions too, um, because I, I just didn't have a name for it. But um, often, what I, when I would get these like these vile thoughts in my head, I would want to get rid of it. So what what I would do, and I it wasn't even conscious. I would say uh, I would just repeatedly say a mantra in my uh, out, hmm. out loud actually and the mantra hmm. was the name of two people in my life that I love that I don't want to disappoint and that's Jesus hmm. and my wife Kelsey mm-hmm. and so in my head it was just well it wasn't just in my head it was like un- under my breath and sometimes out loud I, I didn't even know I was doing it I would just say Jesus Kelsey Jesus Kelsey Jesus Kelsey Jesus Kelsey and to to try to convince myself that hey you know I'm not that bad of a guy if I was that bad of a guy I wouldn't be saying these two people's names that are awesome right right, right and right. it was just it, again it wasn't a conscious choice it, it would just happen and um and I only kind of looked back in retrospect and realized oh that that absolutely is a mantra which is a type of compulsion um and uh, and you found that helped. No, 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 oh. not at all. No, it was just a natural reaction to the obsession. That's part of the disorder. I see. Yeah. I see. So the obsession was the thought. The compulsion was my mantra, and it was no. It, it was it was part of the problem, um, and so I, I you know went to therapy. I uh, got on meds, um, and now I, I'm you know the thoughts are still there for sure. But it's crazy how well meds work because now I'm at a point where I'm like I. I can just roll it off, and like, it doesn't dull your they'll, senses. They'll come in. No, well, see, and the thing was, I was scared to death that sure. that the well, because my psychiatrist he said, "So Kyle, I know that you are, uh, you know, you are a magic inventor, and you do all this stuff, and it's my, uh, it's my job is hard. This is what he said. My job is hard uh, because I because I will give you these meds, and they will help you." Or the invasive thoughts, but they also might dampen mm-hmm. uh, what you're doing because OCD can have some positive attributes to it, right? Mm-hmm. The, the obsession is why I have a lot of these ideas. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself all that creative. I would consider myself obsessive, and I can't stop thinking about something when I start. And um, so when I have these ideas, I just ruminate on them, and it's and it leads to something positive but that's only in one area and the rest of it were you know it was kind of it felt like i was dragged to the pits of hell you know wow. and i just couldn't stop thinking about these vile things and um so i i got on the meds i went to therapy and now it's uh it's a lot better it's very much managed now and so they manage that through uh your meds and therapy both as mm-hmm. well you're saying so mm-hmm. they kind of fine-tune whatever so you're yeah. able to well and, eliminate the obsessions well and and even just you know with the idea of um just 
having a label is so helpful. No. Right? Because, to be finally diagnosed. Oh, that's what it is. I can oh, see that. Yeah. Oh, I'm not an evil monster. Yeah. It's, I, I'm not vile. It's not, oh, it's a diagnosis. It's something that's inflicting me. I'm not choosing to, to do this. It's stuff. a disorder and not just something I own. Other right. people have this in the world. Exactly. As well. And then I started looking up some things. And uh, I won't go into all the details here, but um, all these really uh, obscure, idiosyncratic things that I thought were only specific to me, there's no way anyone else is experiencing this. Mm-hmm. Like the really specific, weird stuff. That there are subcategories of OCD, mm-hmm. and I related to those, and it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't believe how many people actually suffered the way I was suffering. So do you feel that your life is free now, that you're yeah. able to go yeah. out into the world and not really worry about it? You can, 100%. You can still stay focused on something and create and whatever. Well, and, and that's, a, that's the thing. The, the meds didn't actually dampen uh, great the, the stuff I've, I was worried about that it would. And, yeah, um, yeah I mean, 100%. Feel, I, I mean, I'm never going to be at 100%, but it's 100% better than what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that related at all to Asperger's or some other kind you know, of autism? Or You know, it's funny you ask that. Uh, I would have thought no, um, but the way my psychiatrist said is that OCD is kind of like a cousin to the autism spectrum. Like, hmm. it's not on the autism spectrum. It's not on the spectrum. Though. It's not It's not on the spectrum, mm-hmm. but it they, there are definitely similarities, and they are related uh, at a, in a fairly distant way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, I'm glad that things are moving along and moved on and yeah. that you kind of recognize that. And it's like, okay, now I can move on to my life because yeah. that's that's what I got and I know it and I can move from there. Sure. You know, and you can get it resolved through meds and, uh, and therapy. And so right. that's great. That was really good news. So yeah. here things are going smoothly or much more smoothly with you than in the future. And that's something that you'll be on, I guess, the rest of your life mm-hmm. kind of a thing. It's kind of like blood, blood pressure or Absolutely. medicine or whatever kind yeah. of a thing. And I'm fine with that, man. <laughs> so, so it does not uh, affect you physically. It's just Well, uh, kind mental. of actually. Um, well, not, not, not that those meds in particular, but I, then I started going on another um, antidepressant, uh, mm-hmm. Wellbutrin, and uh, it gives me a hand tremor, oh. which that if, can't be good for magic. Well, that's what I thought, and yeah. I thought, well, if they would have told me this before I started going on Wellbutrin, I would have said no, thank you. Sure, um, but they didn't. You know, obviously, uh, everybody's different. They didn't know it would manifest that way in, in my body. So uh, I started taking it and started having a little bit of hand tremor. Um, but when I start, you know, doing the magic and, and having contact with the props, it goes it goes away. It's just when mm-hmm. it's like empty. Uh, right. There's there's a little bit of a tremor sometimes. Well, interesting. Well, going back to magic, and that does yeah. have a direct uh, impact as far as the tremor and everything. But yeah. did you do restaurant magic and things then also around uh, the Pennsylvania area? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm the house magician at a uh, hard cider bar. Uh, okay. It's a magic-themed hard cider bar called The Grand Illusion. Hmm. And uh, Did you walk in there thinking, hey, this is a grand illusion? You got There's a perfect place for a magician. It's really weird. Um the only, <laughs> uh, it's really weird how uh, everything came together. Serendipitous. I, I, very serendipitous. <laughs> I'm not a, uh, a children's performer, but uh, it was like 2017, and uh, we just moved into our house uh, the year before, and we're trying to be you know uh, na- neighborly to our uh, across the street neighbors who had yeah. two two young kids, and they found out I was a magician. They said, "Do you do you will you do uh, Ethan's birthday party?" And I said. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? Uh, You're going to be gonna a say? bad guy in the neighborhood the rest of the Every yeah. time you walk out the door, uh, i got to yeah. hide my head. Exactly, right, yeah. <laughs> so I, I said yes, and I, I threw something together. I'm, I'm not a kid's magician, but uh, I mean, I love kids. I work with kids, but I, I don't do yeah. magic for kids that much. So nothing at school. They, do they know you at school as being a magician? Oh, yeah, they they do. Okay. Yeah, but like I don't do a kid's show. Uh, Especially after Penn and Teller Foolish. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, I, so I did the show, and I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. And one of the parents parents of one of the kids that was at the party is named Chad Kimmel, who is the owner of Grand Illusion. But no one knew about this. This was before uh, it was open. It was before mm-hmm. anyone even knew that this was his brainchild, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he was working on this, in the set and he found out about me. Then he found out that I don't actually do kid shows, but I do what he was looking for. Oh, interesting. And... Um, and I, at that point, in my head, and this might relate to the OCD too, but in my head, I, I just convinced myself that it's going to be an uphill battle to convince him that I'm actually a lot better than the show that he saw me do because yeah. it was a kid's show and I just threw it together. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, so five years ago, 
almost uh, in March. It will be five years that Grand Illusion opened, and I've been there since the beginning. And so you say it's a hard cider bar. I'm assuming they must make their own. Is it a brewery they do. kind of a? Uh, they do make their own. Not not on site, but yeah, they they do make their own. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very good, uh, and they also uh, take in a, a lot of other uh, ciders from all over the place. It is all ciders and not. Uh, there's beer. ciders and uh, ciders and wines, and then they have a few beers uh, as okay. as well for those people. But um, yeah, it's mostly c- cider and wine. So do you work behind the bar? Do you work at the tables? or Every once in a while behind the bar, but mostly table-to-table. Um, table. It's, it's more like restaurant magic, even though it is a bar. Well, it's a great proving ground, of course, for new ideas. That you're oh, that's exactly, it's a great place to suck. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, so I, I love trying out new material there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, it's, and, I'm, and I'm like, okay, well, if this doesn't work, then uh, I won't try it again. <laughs> well, the nice thing also about restaurants is whenever that you do have a client that's coming in saying, can I see you someplace perform publicly? Yep, come on down here. You yeah. Know, the Grand Illusion. Absolutely. And uh, then you'll see, and then you can go and do that. And part of the problem sometimes is uh, after you've then done something like this, let's so say a cocktail party or somebody, uh, sh- uh, some company, they don't realize that you also do like an after-dinner show. Right. Or vice versa. If you've done an after-dinner show, they don't know that you also slow. You know, it's kind of like, I think, with the movies and television and just in Hollywood in general they're looking for someone with a certain type and they only want this and can't think okay well if he shaves his beard he could look like a completely different person right, or right. He dyes hair or sure. lose weight or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so uh, similarly it's a way magicians I think are, are typically pigeonholed you know like that but I assume that you find some work uh, as well and I assume since well it is a bar so you don't have a lot of kids coming in they're not saying hey we want you to do a birthday well, party Actually, it's family friendly. Yeah, oh, it is. Okay, it, it is. It's weird because so it's not it, like a bar. Well, it in is its a bar. True sense. It it's a yeah, a restaurant. That's that's fair. Yeah, it's a it's a. I mean, I, I think it's officially considered a bar. Okay, uh, but it is a restaurant, but and, not by the state where they would prohibit people under twenty one from coming in. They prohibit people under twenty one to sit at the bar. Sit at the bar. Okay, got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so you have to be 21 to sit at the bar, but uh, yeah, f- families, kids come in all all the time. Yeah, yeah, especially on Mondays. It's Magic Monday, and mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, and that's when the kids come in. And we do we do kids stuff too. You just do it on Monday or throughout the week? Uh, it's only on Mondays. Okay, for now, that's yeah. interesting because typically Monday is not a very busy night for most restaurants. Did they book you to begin with, thinking, hey, maybe you'll bring in more people? That's exactly or? why. Huh. Yeah, um, did it work out? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, Monday's still the slowest day of the week. Yeah, but. The, on the, but they um, were the, they were comparing it to the closest day to a Monday mm-hmm. that uh, did not have magic, and uh, there was significantly more uh, than if there wasn't magic. Um, so uh, yeah, so they so I uh, so they're you know they're going to keep keep me around. Do they have other type of entertainment like a jazz band or anything on the weekends or something? Every or once in a while they bring in have a, live entertainment yeah live live entertainment on the yeah. weekends. Yeah. Um, yep, and then just me every Monday. It's just the name Grand Illusion. I would expect they would be having magicians all the time. Well, you you would think, um, but uh, you know I, I you know like I would think that too, right? And mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of magicians think that too. But that's because when when we see anything related to magic, we're like, ah, oh, it's got to be a hundred percent magic, right? <laughs> and but you know this this is obviously Chad's you know idea. It's his baby, it's his brainchild, and his idea is very much primarily cider and wine and restaurant, and then mm-hmm. very much secondarily theme wise, it's magic. Okay. So and then music below that. And then music below that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so like the, I mean, like even t- tonight they're they're actually having a watch party for my Penn and Teller thing. Yeah. Um, I just won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> are you heading out tonight, or are you got where are you going? Uh, t- tonight, uh, I'm. I came up with some of my magic buddies from up uh, yeah. from back home, and we're just gonna all get together in my uh, hotel room, get some pizza and brews, and. Watch Gotta it. watch it from there. Yeah. Your watch party will be in your room rather than yeah. And yeah. so yeah, as I said, we're we're talking about this then right now that uh, the Penn and Teller has not yet aired, so it's going to be tonight. But again, after this yeah. is broadcast, it will have been long gone. And right, yeah. And I know you will have achieved some more success, you know, as a result I'm, of I'm certainly <laughs> hoping so. Yeah, of all of that then as well. Well, you've really led uh, in just a short thirty-two years of of having. Uh, achieve so much, and this is this really this is not your first big. Well, I guess it's first big convention. I mean, a thousand people. Uh, I, this so. is my first big one. It's my third. You've been convention. in tricks, which is where I met you. At, yeah, uh, is my Carolina. first is my first convention or it's my third 
convention lecturing. Okay. Um, but it's definitely the biggest one by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for people who want to follow you on yep. social media or to perhaps see about getting your lecture notes or any sure. kind of work, can they find you? Or... Uh, yep. Kyle underscore Purnell underscore magic for Instagram. And my website is kylepurnellmagic.com. Okay. And so you can uh, you can hit me up and message me on either place, and I'll get back to you. Are you on YouTube or anything as well? Or? Uh, I am, but... Uh, you don't post much stuff there? It's not much stuff. It's it's mostly for uh, just like a digital log to say, hey, I did this at this time. and uh-huh. uh, But it's not for... I, I wouldn't consider myself a YouTuber. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you're not making bank on it. Sure. Not at all. No. <laughs> I understand. Well, uh, and again, through your website, can people buy your lecture notes, or do they have to send an email to you if they're interested? In um, yeah, you, you, you can actually... If you go to my uh, website, there will be a pop-up that says sign up for the newsletter. Hmm. And if you do that, you will get my Never Finished Lecture Notes for free. Oh, a little PDF. A, a, a digital copy, yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And uh, you, you do have, like after you've given your lecture today, you had a lot of things that were going to be available for sale, so I know you have physical things as yes, well. Yes, of course, uh, yeah. And you've done a Penguin lecture? I have, yep. And uh, how did that go? That was mostly close up and just... It, yep. Yeah, the, the, the Penguin lecture was uh, really fun. That was about... Uh, lecture called the scale and it was about hmm. what does that mean uh the scale is so it was just my my way of um uh explaining something that i think probably most people already feel and understand but i wanted to put words to it uh how when when we're picking a uh a method for an effect uh there's there's no such thing as a perfect method mm-hmm. right no, no no perfect method uh, even in the uh, in the rare chance that I say n- name a card and you name like the four of spades and I happen to have the four of spades in my yeah. pocket because I forgot to take it out from last night, that's not a perfect method because you can't repeat it, oh, right? Good point. Right, and so it's the, a great trick, but not a perfect method. Yeah, it's a great trick, but not not a perfect it's method. Just a, if it was perfect, I would do it every single time. Right? Priorities uh, on one side of the scale, and there's always uh, sacrifices you're willing to make on the other side of the scale, and. As long as uh, your priorities uh, outweigh your sacrifices, um, then that's probably a method for you. Mm-hmm. So then I picked uh, effects to kind of I- illustrate that concept, um, and then we went over, you know, the the priorities for this. so like my uh, pencil through bill or marker th- through bill that that we did t- today at the lecture. There's a lot of priorities for me. I wanted no no gimmicks. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to show both sides of the bill. Before it goes through and after it goes through, I right. wanted it immediately ex- examinable, right? Um, and I wanted it to look very visual. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the sacrifice uh, for this is it only works with an American one dollar bill, so mm-hmm. you can't do it for, and you can't do it with a twenty. Right. And the other thing is uh, it, uh, and you have to fold it twice, right? Yeah, which isn't a big deal. No. It's not a sacrifice. It's no skin off my nose. Right. 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 So I would absolutely uh, fold it twice if it means I can have all those priorities. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those sacrifices are not uh, outweighing those priorities. So my scale is tipped this way. Right. Uh, so that tells me that's probably the method I'm going to choose. Yeah. Now you'd said something also during the lecture about the four different kinds of things. A, a big effect. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's. Explain that briefly. There's. There's a. Uh, there's little method, little effect, big method, big effect, big method, little effect, and little method, big effect. Yeah. Um, Explain it briefly. Yeah. So uh, basically, all four are valid in their own rights, but there's one I kind of gravitate towards, and that's the last one I said, little method, big effect. Um, and it goes back to wringing out that sponge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can have an effect like um, – actually, it's an effect I just bought, which is the inverting mental die, which is right I've, over there. I've got one of those. I love that. Yeah. And <laughs> – it's a great trick, and I am excited to start using it. But if you look at it in, the, in that framework, it is a lot of method mm-hmm. for a little effect. Now, you can use your expertise as a magician to expand that effect, right? So, like, it's Paul a, Vigil used something like that, you know, for his opening effect and his close up for right. a long time. Yeah. And, and it's very strong. It, and it can be very strong, you know, but you have to, but the prop itself. There is a lot of method. That's true. There's a lot built into that. There's a lot built into a crazy technology to get something that's one in six. I see. Right? And and that's not by any stretch uh, a uh, critique on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I'm creating something, I I try to flip-flop that structure. And I want uh, as much effect out of as little of a method as I can make. Mm -hmm. 
because I'm I'm not a tech guy. I I can't I don't deal with electronics. I I, I mean yeah we have dropped call, but that's that's very very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that drop call by the way is another trick that uh, you market, which that a the effect is that a phone vanishes mm-hmm. basically. Yep. Yeah. From from the phone case, but even that's little method. Even though there there is some uh, electronics. In yeah. It. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so when so when I'm doing stuff, I want a little method. I don't want to have to worry about uh, sticking things to something, or um, I don't want to worry about thread breaking. I don't want to worry about aligning something perfectly if it's if it's a little fiddly, right? I want so the 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 more moving parts you uh, eliminate, the you know either physical or proverbial moving parts, the closer you get to a bulletproof effect. Mm-hmm. So. That's the reason that I try to go little method, because the smaller the method you go, the closer you are to bulletproof. And uh, I want my magic to be as bulletproof as possible. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. That's a good synopsis of some of the things you talked about in your lecture over there. So yeah, thank you. I'm not saying that people, now that you've got it, you don't need to go listen to his lecture or buy his <laughs> notes. That's just a snippet of some of his, yeah. his kind of thinking. And so that was brilliant. Well, as we uh, conclude over here, I thank you for, again for your time and for uh, you exposing yourself and talking about some personal things. And that was great. And also your what you're going to be doing for the future and yeah. some of your goals and uh, objectives. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And I'm sure that even without me wishing that, that that's going to happen. I've just got such confidence in, in your success. In the thank future. you so much, so, Scott. So so the name of my podcast is called The Magic Word. I always like to close. What is it that's mm. your philosophy of life uh, that's important to you? Mm. Not necessarily a word, but I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, be real um, to yourself in such the sense that... Uh, it, it, be, be real, and that's the antithesis to, you know, positive vibes only. Or... Um, uh, or put on a smile or fake it till you make it or mm-hmm. that's those are terrible pieces of advice um if you're not having a good day own it and mm-hmm. be okay with having a, a not great day and uh because then you're going to be very uh, real with yourself you're going to have that frame of reference so that way when you have a much better day you're not going to feel like you're just faking it again. Yeah. Right. And you're going to actually, and so, and you know, as me working in a school, um, I think it's terrible advice. You know, like a few years ago, we had someone uh, in administration say we need uh, we need everybody here to take a positivity pledge, where you know you come in here and you you pledge to 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 put on a smile right. and all these things. And yeah, that's a great thing to strive for. That's great, but it is doing like a day. huge disservice to our students if I am faking being uh, perfect and happy and it's this, it's this great little bubble uh, when we need to tell them, we need to teach our students, yeah, sometimes we do have bad days. We have rough days. Sometimes we deal with things. And sometimes I'm not going to come in and smile. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because I want to teach you how to deal with your emotions with when life. you inevitably feel this way too when you get older. Mm-hmm. And those are life lessons. Those, yeah, ab- absolutely. And so um and do be be real in your magic and your and your performing and um don't don't pretend that something's better than it is. Don't pretend to be someone that you're not. Uh be real to yourself and um when 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 you're mad, be mad, when you're sad, be sad and when you're happy Shout out from the rooftops. Wow. Great advice. Great. It's a good philosophy to live by. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. So for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Kyle Purnell. And this is Scotty L. Thank you very much, Kyle, for being my guest this week on this episode and also for being so open and honest with uh, both me and for the listening audience. I uh, do hope that if there are some people out there who this kind of speaks to, that if you need to get some help, please seek out a proper medical authority and uh, get the help that you need if necessary. But I just thought it was kind of interesting to uh, hear someone else's perspective and how they have dealt with uh, these kinds of issues. So there you go. Again, I'm not a doctor, but if you need one, I hope that you find the help that you need that will help make you better. Well, as I've mentioned in the past, 
from time to time. I want to encourage you to sign up for our, our weekly pod letter, which gives you some information about who's on from week to week, who's coming up next week, also some suggestions from the archives. And also, when we have contests, you'll be one of the first to actually learn about the podcast because it's all there in the pod letter. Absolutely free. We don't send you any spam or anything. It just comes out once a week, and it's released simultaneous with these podcast episodes when they go out on Thursdays. So just go to themagicwordpodcast.com, and there you'll see a link or maybe even a pop-up that will uh, say subscribe to our pod letter. Please do. Put in your name and email address, and you'll receive those. One more thing I'd like to mention, since we have talked a little bit about getting help, uh, I could certainly use your financial support in uh, getting around to these different conventions to provide you with the reports that I do, as well as, uh, of course, our domain charges and server equipment, uh, microphones, and everything that we have, batteries even, that we go through a lot when we're out on the road and everything as well. So all these uh, things uh, cost some money, and the Friends of the Magic Word who provide us with uh, financial help through donations and pledges uh, certainly do help us a lot, particularly during a time when uh, for a few years during COVID, there were some people who were strong supporters financially, but had to reduce their support or cut it entirely and have not come back. And so uh, we could certainly use whatever financial support that you could give us. Again, if you go to the magicwordpodcast.com, there you will see a tab that will say, become a friend of the magic word, and you can watch the video, just a short three-minute video, and learn why that we could uh, certainly use your support. Well, we have a lot more things coming up that are in the can that we're going to deliver you over the next few weeks. And as I mentioned to begin with uh, uh, here at the Magic Castle, I will be reporting or actually recording some conversations with uh, several magicians, which will be the subject of upcoming episodes. So be sure to uh, stay tuned for those uh, then as well. So until next week, stay well get booked, and remember to be real to yourself. And if you're having a bad day, then own it. And if you're mad, be mad. But when you're happy, just shout it from the rooftops. This is Scotty out. Scotty out.